Welcome to Life Hurts, God Heals. I'm one of your hosts, Kurt Flagel. And we have a really cool episode for you about listening prayer. We talked about listening prayer just a few weeks ago, but this time we have a special guest, Pastor Tim Jones, who also wrote a book on listening prayer. Tim has been doing this for a long time, and he has a a lot of great stories and uh, and incredible thoughts on the subject of listening prayer. What you're going to hear about today is the power of God that is on display in listening prayer, of how it changes people, changes us. And we're going to be discussing the key to listening prayer. What does it really take for us to connect with God in such an intimate, close manner? Well, let's find out as Kim Ward and I interview author and pastor, Tim Jones. Welcome, Tim, Pastor Tim, to uh, Life Hurts, God Heals. Awesome. Great to be with you all. We are really excited. It's interesting because we just, uh, just a few weeks ago, we had an episode on listening prayer where Kim and I shared our experiences, uh, what God is showing us through that process and our story and shared some stories and our in our practices as well of what we do and you were the first person really to introduce me to that subject and you've written a book on it now right right well it's uh, it's called extreme sheep mm. <laughs> it's a picture of a sheep with headphones on just like you have on so it's amazing oh, thanks <laughs> <laughs> And, and where can, and just, you know, before we get rolling, where can people find that? Yeah, campusthirst.org. You can get to everything from there. Campus Thirst, like thirsty to drink. It's mm-hmm. after the woman at the well, campusthirst.org. And then I have Instagram at Campus Thirst as well. And it's open and people can jump on and be a part of all that. Uh, a lot of devotionals and stuff. So yeah. 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 Talk a little bit about what Campus Thirst is all about, like for you, what you do. Well, it started, I was a campus minister for 16 plus years at Florida State University. So I've always had a heart for college students. And uh, oh, I would say it was pretty far into my ministry at Florida State. I moved into listening prayer and it was totally life transforming what happened to me. And then I've just been praying for college students for a long time. So I do devotionals, and then I have something called Listening Prayer University, where people can learn about how to move into listening prayer. All of that's free. Yay. Yay. So I do it that way for college students, and, and hopefully that that will be a help to them. Now, Campus Thirst, it, it, the idea came from that. It was the woman at the well. She had this encounter with Jesus. He told her things that he couldn't have known, and it helped her to know that Jesus is the son of God. And so um, what Campus Thirst is, is praying for college students so that they'll know that God is real and that Jesus is the son of God. Mm -hmm. And so I've done things like prayed for college students at spring break, uh, free prayer sign right out in the middle of the beach. uh, And a couple of different locations have done that. And then I, I walk around with college students quite a bit and uh, pray for students on uh, college campuses right on the sidewalk. It's kind of intriguing to them because they look at me and they're like, dude, you're old as dirt. What are you doing? <laughs> but I'm walking around with college students, so they can't figure it out. They look back and forth, look at the college student, look at me, look at the college student, look at me. It's really funny. And then I pray for them. And then the Holy Spirit just kind of messes them up. 
lets them know that God's real. And, uh, oh, it's amazing. I remember a, a student came over to me. She said, you prayed for me when I was a freshman. And she said, I'm a junior now. And she said, I just want you to know that totally changed my life. Wow. And um, so you don't get those kind of uh, feedback very often because uh, most of the time I never see them again. And occasionally I do, but most of the time, because, you know, college campuses are so big. Anyway, that's kind of what it's about. And uh, I, I'll give them a card to connect them into the campusthirst.org website. It intrigues them. And then I have all different kinds of ways for them to receive the gospel because that's my heart. I, I want people to know that Jesus is the son of God. You see, a lot of students don't think that God's real. They think that's some made up thing and uh, that some delusional people made up <laughs> and uh, or to, to make them behave. You know, that's kind of the way they think of it. And so when they discover that it's real and you pray stuff for them that they're like, oh my gosh, what just happened to me? And um, it's really fun. I remember I had a guy one time say, have you ever had anybody run off in the middle of a prayer? And I said, no, not particularly. The next week, somebody just took off running. <laughs> I just said, Jesus, name, oh. amen. You know, be about your business. You know, it's great stuff. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, it's so funny. It's just the best. It's just the best. Well, that's when I met you was you, you were on a, like a tour to do this, this kind of praying. Right. I, I was praying for revival on university campuses and I, I only got to walk around with people a few times. I went to 340 campuses in 48 states. So I prayed on a lot of university campuses, but there was only a, a handful of times that I got to walk around with people. I, I like to walk. I like to have people walking with me because I always tell people, you know, that the creep factor, you got to dial that baby down. When I'm with students, it just is not weird. Uh, it just is different, but it's not weird. So I, I just want students to feel very safe, that nobody's there to hurt them, but that Jesus is real and God is real and their whole life can be transformed if they'll get to know it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I remember I remember going with you and and you say on that tour you didn't really get to talk to many students but I remember when we were walking you and me and a, a friend of both of ours mutual friend Dana we were walking on our 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 campus here in San Luis Obispo Cal Poly and I remember like the couple times I was right there with you and and you approached some of the people and there was a lot of people that said, no, thank you, and went about their business. But there was a couple times where you prayed over people and they were like, how do you even know that? It just, it just sets things in motion because, you know, your mind can always come up with another skepticism and a doubt and unbelief. But what the Holy Spirit does, the Holy Spirit will witness to that person's heart. And that's where the power is, is the Holy Spirit witnessing to their heart. Mm. So I, I, that was what you did for, for me before we went to the college campus. You, you said, hey, I want to show you what this is like. So don't tell me anything about yourself. And I'm just going to, I'm going to just pray for you right now. I was like, cool. And so what, you don't know Kim at all. And you haven't, you and I haven't talked in a few years. So I would, I would love for us to even right now, like to demonstrate this for people um, just right here as we're recording this, so. Yeah, I'll pray for Kim person and pray for you, Kurt. Okay. So I plead the blood of Jesus 
over this time of prayer for Kim. In the name of Jesus, I command that only the Holy Spirit shall come close and prosper. Lord, thank you that you love Kim, that you've been teaching her a lot about patience and testing things and um, moving in great faith. Thank you, Lord, that she wants her life to matter. Thank you, Lord, you've given her a technology gift that she cares, genuinely cares about people, that you've put like a spirit of wisdom and counsel on her life where she's a really safe person to talk to when everything seems to be falling apart. Thank you, Lord, that she has this unique ability to believe in people even when they don't believe in themselves. Mm. I, just, I just break off uh, any fear or trepidation about the future. Thank you, Lord, that your plans for her are pretty amazing. Thank you for this uh, intense time of preparation that she's been going through, that you've been getting her ready. It's like you're in the school of God. He's taking you through all kinds of things to help prepare you for your calling and your destiny in him. Thank you, Lord, that she's going to be somebody that helps people that are like, they, they are very afraid. They don't feel like they have anything to offer. And thank you, Lord, that she's going to be someone that helps equip people uh, to know that they can make a difference. So I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, that, um, you're going to use her life in amazing and surprising ways. Thank you, Lord. You've given her a communication gift, both with speaking and writing. And thank you, Lord. You're going to use this for your kingdom. Thank you, Lord. She's going to write like really beautiful poetry. Um, I can just see like some of the stuff that you're do. Uh, the poetry will like be in beautiful calligraphy. And uh, it'll be something that will really, really minister to people that uh, have kind of given up. Thank you, Lord, that she's somebody that's going to help people who struggle with addiction, find hope and healing. And I thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in her life. In mm -hmm. Jesus' name, amen. amen. So I plead the blood of Jesus over this time of prayer for Kurt. In the name of Jesus, I command that only the Holy Spirit shall come close and prosper. Lord, thank you that Kurt doesn't have to be like everybody else. Thank you, Lord, that you're freeing him up not to just live uh, trying to live out other people's expectations for his life. Lord, thank you that your expectation uh, is the one that matters the most to him. Thank you, Lord, um, that you've called him to kind of a unique ministry. Thank you, Lord, that he's starting to figure out that he's not going to look like the traditional church that he uh, it had it, it pictured in his mind. Thank you, Lord, that you're doing things that um, it's just going to be really creative and innovative. And it's going to help people like figure out who they are in Christ, who they're called to become. Thank you, Lord, uh, that he's kind of, he has have kind of a launching pad ministry where people get launched into who they're supposed to be so it's like sometimes people come and are a part of what's going on what's going on and then you launch them lord into a, a new geographic location you send them out all over the place thank you lord for the writing assignments 
uh, that you've given to Kurt. Thank you, Lord, that you're giving him wisdom um, to deal with great complexity. Thank you, Lord, that he wants to be socially and culturally relevant, but to have a voice that's a little different from what people are expecting. So thank you, Lord, that he doesn't want to water down the truth of who Jesus is, the cross and the resurrection, that he knows that we're called the holiness of life. But thank you, Lord, that he, he just really genuinely cares about people and wants them to discover who they are, who they're called to become by learning to hear your voice. Mm. So I just bless this ministry. Thank you, Lord, that he's going to be able to teach people how through the leadership of the Holy Spirit, how to interact with scripture. So in Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Amen. What'd you think of that, Kim? Ooh. <laughs> well, that hit definitely a few points of things that God had already been sharing, but like what? Um, the writing for sure was a big one. And then even just today when I was walking with a couple friends, um, one which was my wife. Well, <laughs> I was trying to not say that on air. Thanks. It's all right. <laughs> but just, I wound up sharing. Okay, fine. Since you already said it, Sherry wound up pouring out and like really sharing with me a lot of stuff that she's been dealing with. And like, that's something I absolutely love getting to be let into people's lives. So I was just like, oh, you know, that's, that's what gives me a lot of what gives me joy in life is just being able to be there. What I love about listening prayer is that it, when I pray for people who don't know Christ, that are even not even really modestly open, they're just trying to be polite to an old guy and letting them pray, letting me pray for them. And um, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, we call it the uh, the koala effect. They look, oh, dude, look, it's a little old koala bear. Let's let him pray for us. You know. <laughs> It's a really kind of a very sweet, condescending way of relating to me. So it's just really funny on the sidewalk. But what happens is, is that they will hear something that about who they are, that God's created them to become. And they may or may not have even ever thought of that. But when they hear it, their heart knows. And it, yeah. it resonates with who they are. You know, I, I was in a in the Northeast and I was at going in and out of this convenience store and there was a lady behind the counter and she seemed pretty upset. I, I had walked out and get in my car and I went, oh my goodness, I turned around and went back and she was mopping the floor. And I said, excuse me, I'm Pastor Tim. Would it be okay if I prayed for you? And she kind of looked at me like I was from outer space, maybe a little bit, <laughs> but she, in, to be kind to me, she's like, okay, yeah, if, that, if it means something to you, go, go ahead. Well, she went back to mopping. And so I just prayed and listened and prayed and listened and prayed. And when I finished, about halfway through the prayer, she stopped mopping and just stared at me. And when I finished the prayer, she just looked me in the eyes and she said, thank you. And then went back to mopping. And, um, and that's what happens is the Holy Spirit will surprise people that God's real and that Jesus is the son of God. And so I love it. I, I love it. It's an amazing evangelistic tool. Yeah. It hopefully creates curiosity to know God. How did you 
Oh, well, I guess before I ask that question, let me start with this. Yeah, mine was dead on accurate. I mean, I was laughing because of the, <laughs> yeah. the idea of uniqueness is big with me. Always my whole life have, you know, kind of walked to a different drum. I swim a different, you know, upstream where a lot of people swim downstream. And right, right. I've held a lot of insecurity over that, though, because... Right other people look at different and unique as less than and i've i've adopted some of that you know um over the years of of seeing myself through other people's eyes and seeing myself as different through their eyes which is through their eyes it's it's weird and demeaning rather than seeing right. through god's eyes so he's right. taught me a lot in you know in the last few years especially this last year about about making sure uh, to see from his perspective. That's a, actually been a big part of listening prayer for me is as I've been practicing that to, to listen to God's unique perspective on me and other people. And, and he has me writing a book, Tim. So you are correct. Oh, wow. Wow. That's crazy. He has me writing a book and uh, that became clear in September that right. he, he uh, said, uh, now's the time. And, and I've been, uh, there's, you know, when you came, I was, I was pastoring a church community, a, a church plant that I started. That, uh, the only thing that's left of that is a prayer meeting that I mentioned on Sunday nights that anyone's welcome to, to wow. attend on Zoom. And, and that's what we do is we, basically what we do at, whoever comes onto that prayer meeting is pray. Um, we, we do some discussion too. There's a, there's a podcast called Bema, B-E-M-A. That's from right. a Messianic Jewish perspective that we listen to during the week and discuss one episode of that together, but it's mainly prayer. That's what we're there for. No, that's wild. That's wonderful. So, yeah. So a lot of what you said, and, and that's what I want. Like my whole goal is like that launching pad my whole goal is discipleship. That's all I care about. My mentor always told me, he said, hold everybody that you work with, with open hands. He said, because they don't belong to you. They belong to Jesus. Mm. So if they're doing the will of God, even if it means them being taken away from you and going somewhere else, you rejoice because they're in the middle of the will of God. Mm. Yeah, that's it's. I'm on a journey there. And while that's my heart's desire, there's still a lot of, <laughs> there's still a lot of current that, that the prideful side that is um, God is dealing with to be able to hold people loosely, you know? Yes. It's hard because we, there's people that we get close to and we don't want to see them leave, mm. but it's the same way that parents feel when their kids are growing up, they don't want them to leave home, but they know they have to. Yeah. they have And, to. um, so it's it's a very large dynamic sometimes, right? Yeah. So, Kim, I, I have a question. I'm going to ask him, but before I do, huh? what was stuff you knew and that he was affirming that you already Jeez. knew, and what was something that maybe was different, like new for you that you were like, oh my gosh, that's cool. Well, he talked about poetry, and. Well, Kurt, you already know I'm right. Well, kind of writing a book. <laughs> I will be the first to admit the last couple months have not seen a lot of progress on that. But poetry is always something that I've loved. 
but that all that really really got put on the back burner except for every once in a while so that was that was like an affirmation from god for me for sure uh because that's that's always something that i've really loved but that for me it always felt so personal that i had a hard time <laughs> doing it or sharing it with other people so um so that that was a big affirmation on that one the technology gift that one i'm still trying to figure out exactly what that means my mentor uh again brother harold kastner was the one that worked with me so much and he called it the shelf principle when you hear something that you don't know what in the world that is he said you just put it on a shelf <laughs> and at some point in time if the lord wants to bring that back up to you he'll take it off the shelf and you'll go oh okay yeah that's what that's about and that's the kind of the thing so I don't want people to go run off and do anything because I've prayed for them. I want them to seek God for confirmation about anything that's of a directional nature. But yeah. I, what I find that often happens when I'm praying for people is that the Holy Spirit will, will confirm something that's already going on in their life as a way to say, hey, you're on the right track. Yeah, I mean, I definitely got that sense um, just generally, but I tend to be of the variety that I need to go back and listen a few times. I love the recorded prayers because you can, because there's a lot that you miss when you, yeah. when you're being prayed for. And so yeah. that was what I've I was got, taught as well yeah, to, to right. try to record it as often as possible. If you know, it's coming. Sure. sure. Um, because sure. I, I was even thinking back to, so when I was 20 and was with youth with a mission and we're in, we were in Puerto Rico and there's this Hispanic pastor, because there's like a church every couple blocks in Puerto Rico for the most part, especially where we were. And this pastor's praying for us, and we've got our translator translating, so it's always fun. But he was doing listening prayer, and he was trying, was speaking into us, but he was speaking more general to the group. And he's like, someone in here is going to be a pastor. And I was like, well, that can't be me. That's never going to happen. And then it wound up coming to pass at least youth pastor, because I've looked at everyone else in the school and no one else has gone close. But I was like, oh, there's no way. And I had put it on a shelf for a really long time. Right. You know, right. and it took six or seven years right. after that word. So it, it's good. Like That's a good thing to remember that just because right. God shares the word now doesn't mean, mean that it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't mean it it's doesn't mean for, it's for that now. moment. Right, right. Sometimes it's to give you hope and encouragement to press on. Sure. Typically what I've discovered is that there'll be parts of the prayer that will speak to right now and then parts of it that are, are a little baffling. And then they'll make sense a little later on down the road. Two questions, I guess, that could frame up this conversation is, how did you get to this point to where you adopted this practice of listening prayer? How did it start for you? How did you grow into it? And what are, I guess, what are the practices that, that, that right. you now to keep that attitude of listening prayer? When I first encountered hearing from the Lord, I didn't have any problem believing that that was real or that it was God. I just, it never occurred to me that that could possibly happen in my life uh, because I live with me and honestly, I'm not impressed, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so. You know, uh, and I was, I couldn't imagine that God would do anything like that through somebody like me. So that's the way I felt. So it took a long time for me to get to the point where it was even a possibility. 
because I just dismissed it outright emotionally. It just never crossed my mind. But um, I remember going to this revival meeting and I was standing in line to get in and I was talking to this guy from England. And he, I said, why are you here? And he says, well, God's moving and I want to get in. He says, besides, I want to hear Jesus's voice. And I said, what's that? He said, you know, Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I said, I, I don't know what you're talking about. What is that? He said, you know, when the Holy Spirit's speaking. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I, it, it was very intriguing to me. You know, I was in my 40s and um, it just was intriguing. And the evangelist told this story that absolutely captured my heart. And this was the story. He said, I was in the middle of preaching this message. And in the middle of the message, he said, the Lord spoke to my heart and I stopped. And I said, there's a man you cannot give wait to the end of the worship service to give your life to Christ. You have to do it right now. You know, it's you come forward. This guy runs from the back of the room. I mean, there were thousands of people there, but this guy ran to the front of the room. So afterwards, he went over and talked to the guy. He says, talk to me. What was going on? He goes, man, that was crazy. So what happened? He said, I had just prayed, God, if you're real, stop this guy in the middle of his message and call me out. Oh, my gosh. As soon as he prayed that, he stopped and said, the Lord's speaking to my heart. There's somebody here. You've got to give your life to Christ. It has to be right now. You can't wait to the end of the worship service. You have to come right now. You know it's you. Come forward. And this guy just took off running, got up to the front. And, and something on the inside of me finally clicked. And I said, I have to know God like that. Mm. I'm not satisfied living vicariously through what other people that God's doing through their lives. I, I have to know him like this in a personal way. And so then that began a period of time where I just began to cry out to God. God, please teach me how to do this. And it, it, was, it took a while for me, actually a lot longer than most people, I would think. But because I, God uses me to help people move into hearing from the Lord, I had to be in the slow class, the bluebird class, you know, to, <laughs> so that I would have compassion for people. And uh, you don't ever feel like an expert at this. And if you do, you're in trouble because that means pride's come in. You have to stay in this place of great humility if you want him to continue to use you, because it's not really about you. It's about Jesus. And there's two things that have to happen at the same time. One is that we have to grow in learning to hear, but also we have to grow in Christ, grow in discipleship, grow in faithfulness. It, God's always he wants to give us gifts, but he also wants to work on our character. And so we've got to be open to him doing both of those at the same time. If, if, if these gifts are going to be used in the right way, because if we don't allow him to work on our character while we're crying out to hear his voice, what will happen is that you'll draw all the attention to yourself rather than to Jesus. Yeah. So true. So that's, that's kind of what happened. I, I was changed and I, I wanted him to speak to me. February 6, 1998, I was at a youth camp uh, and I was on a college retreat and I was getting ready to go to sleep. 
And on the inside, I said, I love you, Jesus. On the inside, I heard back, I love you too. I sat up in my bed and I said, on the inside, is this really you? And on the inside, yes, it's really me. And from that mo moment forward, I began to be, Holy Spirit began to train me about how to listen to his voice. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, don't put out the Spirit's fire. And then it says, test everything, hold on to the good. So we need to learn how to, this, the, we've signed up for the school of God and the Holy Spirit's the teacher. And you, you, there's a lot of lessons you have to learn along the way, like getting pride out of the way, getting your heart in the right place. I start every prayer with, I plead the blood of Jesus. And that's kind of unusual to a lot of people. But the reason I do that uh, primarily is because that's the way my mentor did it. But then I began to learn why that was so important. It's not the only way to hear from the Lord, but it's the way that he wanted me to do it. Mm -hmm. And I always encourage people that if you're hearing from the Lord, already ask him if he if you want he wants you to use this and essentially what you're doing by saying i plead the blood of jesus and command that only the holy spirit can close and prosper what you're doing is you're saying i want to come before god through the cross of jesus so at the very end beginning of this prayer i'm going to honor jesus's cross mm. and i'm going to say that be, that i want fellowship with god because of what jesus did on this cross and I want to hear from the Holy Spirit, but I don't want to hear from anything else out there. I don't want to hear any from any other source other than Jesus. I want this to be about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Anything else out there, I don't want anything to do with. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing when you're saying what I say, what I do, is you're, you're essentially making a decree. You're saying... You know, I, I want to hear from you and you alone. And I'm humbling myself and coming before you, oh God, through your cross. There's lots of scriptures that go with that. So when I go to pray for somebody, that's the way I start every prayer. And uh, even when I'm on the sidewalk or I'm praying for non-Christians, sometimes they'll kind of smirk a little bit when I start because it just sounds a little strange to them. They don't know what that is. But as the prayer starts to unfold there's something that happens in their heart because see what's happening is the holy spirit starts knocking on the door of their heart mm. and so now they're they're in this they're in this quandary am i going to open the door of my heart or am i going to walk away so it, it, it really brings them into a moment of decision i remember a group of, of muslims were walking by where we were and uh the guy that was with me, Tim, stopped and said, hey, Pastor Tim's here to pray for people. You want to get prayer? And this one guy goes, yeah, he prayed for me. He jumps up and I prayed for him. And he walked over to Tim after we were finished. And he said, my heart's warm. And Tim said, that's the Holy Spirit. He said, I don't believe in the Holy Spirit. And Tim said, sorry, dude, that's what it is. You know, and it, and it was just one of those things where, you know, so that guy was you know, wow, what just happened? I know that what just happened was real. So where am I going to put that? Because it doesn't fit my mindset. You remember when I was with you, I remember I got to pray for this girl that said she was an atheist and she right. was not wanting me to pray for her. And I just said, I love to pray for atheists. Totally cool to say no to this. But if you'll let me, I'd, 
I'd love to pray for you. And she said, well, if it means something to you, then go ahead. Because mm-hmm. obviously it doesn't mean anything to me. So I prayed for her and I, I tried to give her a card and she didn't want anything to do with that. Right. But you remember how excited I was as we were walking away because I knew that the Holy Spirit had knocked on the door of her heart. And listen, our minds are very skeptical. Our minds will go to great lengths to protect us from God. Because back to the Garden of Eden, we want to be our own God. We want to decide right and wrong for ourselves. Yes, we do. We want to eat all the forbidden fruit we can eat. Um, We don't think there's any consequences for sin. We don't believe there's going to be any judgment for sin. All those were the lies that Satan fed Adam and Eve in the garden, and he does it in every generation. So what happens is when we pray through a listening prayer, it's like it cuts past all of that. And Jesus is literally knocking on the door of their heart. Okay, I have a crazy thought that just went through my head. Okay. (laughs) Um, As you were talking just now, my mother-in-law, Kathy. Okay. Hmm. Wow. (laughs) So um, she just came into my mind. Would you mind stopping right now and praying for her? Is that weird? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Oh, yeah, totally cool. Totally cool. Let me do that. So I plead the blood of Jesus over this time of prayer for Kathy. In the name of Jesus, I command that only the Holy Spirit shall come close and prosper. Lord, thank you that Kathy is a difference maker. She looks at people and sees potential. She doesn't just see what is, but she sees what could be. Thank you, Lord, that she's an activator. And that part of her destiny and calling that she's stepping into right now is helping people step up into who you've called them to be and to become. I break off any self-doubt in Jesus' name. Uh, I I break off any lies from the enemy's camp um, that somehow people aren't going to want to listen to anything that she would share, especially someone a lot younger. Thank you, Lord, that that's just a lie from the enemy's camp. Thank you, Lord, you're going to use her life in ways she would have never dreamed possible. Thank you, Lord, you've been teaching her about patience and trusting you even when things don't add up and make sense. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. He shall direct thy paths. Lord, thank you that that's Kathy that she really embodies that verse. And thank you, Lord, that you're going to use her and teach other people how to trust even when they don't understand. Mm. Thank you, Lord, uh, that she has courage. Thank you, Lord, that you're giving her like a new holy boldness just to step into her calling more and more. Thank you, Lord, that she's like a watchman on the wall crying out for the sake of revival. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you. Wow. I, that was n- not expected at all. <laughs> awesome. Just to, to stop and pray for her. Right, right. 
Well, you know, the Holy Spirit wants to be in charge. And, and the question is, will we allow him to be in charge? Will we just yield? One of the reasons that people don't really move into this the way they could is that they like being in charge. And they don't like yeah. the idea of not being in charge. But it's like the excitement comes from not being in charge because the Lord will literally tell you to do anything like go on adventures, do all kinds of things. And I, I, this doesn't work with folks that are older, but with younger people, I ask how many of you like the roller coaster ride? They're like, oh yeah, we love that. And then I, I keep, I press them. Why is it so much fun? And finally they'll admit it's so much fun because it makes them afraid mm. and they do it anyway. And I, and then, so one of the things that happens to people is they're afraid that God's going to ask them to do something that they don't want to do or that's going to make them look foolish so that causes them to pull back plus they like being in charge you have to lay all that down you just have to lay it down and you will look foolish sometimes you really will and and to look foolish and and realize that it's okay that you look foolish is a wonderful discovery mm. you know uh, oh okay this is okay i thought this would kill me but it's not just to do whatever the Lord's showing you to do. Well, yeah, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, that idea that I talked about earlier about pride and insecurity being two sides of the same coin is, is when we say, hey, I, I have to be in control. I have to be in charge. I have to take this right. on my own shoulders. But what we find is the burdens that we're carrying crush us. They're too big for us to carry. And that's where the insecurity comes in because now we have to make all the decisions on everything and that just weighs us down more and more. And when we can turn those things over to God and just acknowledge he's the one who has infinite wisdom and love for us and we can lay those down at his feet and trust him with all that stuff, there's freedom. Oh, yeah. It's in a, it's in a, it happens in the heart. Yes. It happens in the heart. I call it whatever mode. You have to get to that place of whatever mode where you're just like, Lord, if it's your, I, I just want to do your will. I'm good with whatever it is. doesn't matter to me. I'll, I'll stay whatever. Mm. And it's, uh, it's exciting. It's not boring. It's not boring. It's humility to, to, to walk in listening prayer because it's not about right. you. So, and, right. and how do you stay in that what, humble whatever mode? Well, if you're reaching out to people and feeling foolish, that'll keep you there. <laughs> I'm not a naturally outgoing person with strangers. This it's, it's is really, really difficult for me. I, I, here's my favorite story with that. I'm sitting next to this guy on a plane and, I, and I'm thinking, you know, I really should pray for it. And I did not want to do it. I did not. I just felt the fear of man was so strong in me. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So anyway, I finally said, hey, man, would it be okay if I took a second and prayed for you? And this is before I really moved into this the way I have now. And so I, I prayed for him. And then we were talking for a while. And then after a while, it just struck me as funny. I said, listen, man, I said, as you can tell, I'm trying to witness to you, but I'm not very good at it. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, he laughed he goes, oh no you're doing great you're doing great you're doing great you know <laughs> that's so funny uh, and then he told me he said 
my sister is a pastor's wife. And I was like, oh, okay. She's been praying for him. And the Lord put me in his path. And so, you know, I had enough of those types of experiences where it just keeps you humble to reach out. For me, it does. I, I was in Northern Ohio and I'm at a gas pump and I'm looking across the aisle and just about finished up. I'm fascinated with this guy. He had the most biggest monster Fu Manchu I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, <laughs> my gosh, would you look at that? That's amazing. I'm just staring at this guy's Fu Manchu. He's a big dude. So I put my gas pump away and I walked right up to him. And I said, hey, man, I'm uh, Pastor Tim and I'm just passing through the area. Would it be okay if I took a second and pray for you? And he goes, that would be a good idea. Okay. And I said, man, that's an awesome Fu Manchu. I'm just trying to connect a little bit. And he wasn't saying anything. And I was like, well, all righty then. I just prayed. Uh, so I prayed for him. And he's nodded his head the whole time I was praying. When I finished praying for him, I noticed that he had a, a, a badge on that he worked in the prison system somehow. And uh, he looks at me and he says, God sent you here. I just attended my sister's last rites. And he turned on his heel and walked away. Wow. And I was standing there going like, well, Lord, I, I really do believe you sent me here. I don't know how you did that. I don't know how this happened. Because the window was so short of when I could have walked up to him. You know, I mean, 15, 20 seconds, really. Because mm. when I put my pump away, he was in the process of putting, he would have been in his car and off in another 30, 40 seconds. So if I'm doing things like, I call it learning to be comfortable with feeling really uncomfortable. And if I can be doing things that make me really uncomfortable, then that's what keeps me at a, at a humility level because you're just, you're just, you're feeling like you look foolish. And most of the time you do look foolish. Mm. Um, and so you just have to get over yourself. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. It's not about you. And so if I do enough of that kind of thing, then uh, that's what really keeps me in a good place of the humility. Kim, how's that hitting you? It makes sense. And I was thinking, I was like, I probably would have missed that guy because I would have still been arguing with God about whether it was a good idea. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's never a good idea to your mind. No. Uh, I remember... It just brought to mind, there was a, a guy I was listening to who had, a, it was another airport story for him because he was a speaker and he was traveling and he was saying that God was telling him to go talk to this woman who was crying. And he's like, oh, I don't want to deal with it. Like, this seems like a bad idea. And God was telling him, he's like, I didn't ask you if it was a good idea. I asked you if you'd go. And I was just like, oh, how many times have I just been, you know, my argument is, God, that seems like a horrible idea. Right. Well, it's Acts 9, Ananias. He, he was told to go to Saul. The Holy Spirit told him, and then he said, you know, but Lord, he's persecuting our people. Yeah. I might get put to death if I go do that. And the Holy Spirit goes through this long explanation of why it's a good idea. No, he just says, go. Yeah. And so he just, in, he, in fear and trembling, he went, did what he did. And, I, and that's what I call feeling, learning to feel comfortable with feeling unbelievably comfortable. 
See, there's that part of us that we're just afraid we're going to look foolish. And I, you just kind of get to the point where you're like, okay, I'll look foolish. All right. Okay, whatever. But it's hard for me. It's hard for me too. I just, it's, I struggle with this, but it is what keeps me humble. And I, I like to talk to people that are way more um, outgoing with this than I am. And because it spurs me on to do more. Hmm. I remember I was at, we were in the middle of campus and I had, we had a free prayer sign up and, but only Christians came over to it. And I was telling my friend about it. I said, yeah, it was okay. I only prayed for Christians. And he goes, yeah, I know what you mean. Christians don't need prayer. <laughs> I started laughing. Okay, okay, I get it. I get it. That's not what I'm saying. And so what, it, what I had to learn was is that I had to put myself out there. Mm. And, and not always wait for people to come to me, but to try to reach out. And it's uncomfortable. It feels really uncomfortable. Yeah. But you're right, though, when you're around other people who are more outgoing. I just remember I was doing the um, Healing Room School of Supernatural Ministry, and that was something we had to do, right. was to go out and do that. Because they're like, you have to fail three times in the course of a year in order to graduate. Yay! <laughs> Isn't this fun? I understand that. But I remember, you know, it wasn't that it wasn't still uncomfortable, but it was almost like because there was other people with you, you got more comfortable with the idea of being uncomfortable because you weren't alone yes. in it. Right. Well, you know, I, I do a lot of training with teaching people how to do public speaking. And for a lot of people, it's just terrifying to do public speaking. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you get victory and learn how to do that, it's amazing. So it, it reminds me of that. And um you said what, what you asked me what what is it that I like to do? I like to try to memorize Bible verses. That's a big deal for me. Uh, I was I watched a lot of Billy Graham videos. I I love Billy Graham, and so I've just watched many many videos, and it, it just was so moving to me the way he used Scripture in his messages. And he, one of the things he talked about in an interview, he said those scriptures are anointed by the Holy Spirit. And so I know that if I use those when I'm sharing with people, that the Holy Spirit can take those and really touch people at a heart, at a heart level because it's the word of God. And so that just really inspired me to want to memorize the word more. So, but I, I listened to, some different people that that will encourage me to not feel comfortable but get me out of my place of comfort mm. i listen to people that are that are going to challenge me to make me you know not settle in and circle the wagons i one of my favorite things to say to college students that are especially non-christians you know I'll, I'll say to them i'm just here to tell you that the greatest adventure you could ever go on is to follow Jesus. It really captures their imagination. And it's true. It is not boring. Follow Jesus. That's just a lie from the pit of hell. That's what that is. That if you're that if you follow Jesus, that you're going to have a boring life. It's not true. I can attest to that. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm in a yeah. place where I have no um, almost no discernible income coming in for the you know next year. And, right. you know, other than those who feel led to give to me because God has put it on their hearts to give. And yet that is, that is not a place of, of, you know, of comfort. And, no. No. and yet it's the place where God has told me, Kurt, the only thing 
that I have for you to worry about or concern yourself with is a better way of putting it. The only thing I have for you to concern yourself with is today. That's it. Right. That's all right. you have. That's all you have to, to focus on. Right. As right. being present with me in the present. And right. trust me that I am the God who was, who is, and who is to come. And all you have is what is. And I will right. take care of, I'm the God of the rest and the God of now too. So just be with me now and don't worry about the future and don't worry about the past. You know, and I'm going through a lot of grief. Honestly, Pastor Tim, I'm going through a lot of grief. Um, dealing with the ending of this church community and finding that there's still a bunch, there's still grief, there's still a sense of failure, still a sense of shame that in that sense of failure. And what, as I was sitting with with God in that place of sadness a couple of weeks ago, because um, Easter was the uh, the last time our church community met. It was on Zoom right. because we were in COVID. So we had our resurrection celebration a year ago. And two days after that, I was just, I, in my imagination, I saw myself sitting in a, in a city of ruin. And I was just feeling the sadness of this anniversary is coming gone of a t- like a year since the, all that ended. And I just saw myself like just in this ruined city with no one around and just ashes and dust. And I heard God say to me clearly, and I've shared this uh, recently a few times because it was so impactful. I just heard his voice say, Kurt, you're robbing from me. You're stealing from me and you have to give me back what's mine. And what hit me clearly instantaneously was all of my shame and my failure and my burdens that we at the cross, right? When you talk about pleading the blood of Jesus, that when I, when I came to Jesus at the cross, almost 30 years ago, he he told me that's the place of exchange. We made an exchange. We traded. Right. I took all of your sense of shame and failure and burdens and gave you my victory. So why are you still calling them yours and taking them on your shoulders? You're stealing. Wrong. Give them back. And it was such it was such a, a convicting message to hear, but it was also so encouraging because it was back to that whole idea of freedom, right? Wrong. I don't have to carry these things. Like that's pride that makes me want to carry all that stuff when it's not mine to carry anymore. Right. For me, this is really like the season I'm in of, oh, yeah, that uncomfortable season of like, there's a lot of uncertainty. I have no idea where this is going. And Jesus is like, don't worry about it. Right. Trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Well, it doesn't make sense to your mind. Sometimes the things that the Lord has for us to do don't make sense to our minds. Mm. And what happens is, is that we, we make our minds the final arbiter of what is the Lord and what's not. And that's really, we need to make the Holy Spirit the final arbiter. It says in Romans 8 that we're to set our minds on what the Holy Spirit desires. Mm. And so God doesn't think the way we think. Isaiah 55, he said, his thoughts are above our thoughts. And so his ways of doing things are different. And uh, sometimes the Lord, with when you're hearing from the Lord, he'll give you 
a little bit of a big picture, but sometimes he'll only show you what the next step is. And I remember asking uh, my mentor about that. And he said, well, the reason the Lord does it that way is because if the Lord tells us too much, we'll take over. Mm, yeah. And, and so back on our shoulders again, right? And then, right, right. We'll just, we'll, we'll make it be all about us. Luke 9, 23, if anyone would truly be my disciple, he must deny himself, pick up his cross daily and follow me. Well, daily assignments is what I, what I learned about listening prayers. You're listening. God, what are your assignments for to me today? What do you want me to do? And what I've found with, when you're starting to really move and hear from the Lord, he's going to give you assignments in the here and now. And he's also going to be preparing you for future assignments. Mm. So that dy dynamic is always going on. He's giving us the here and now assignments with the people around us and where we are in the grocery store, wherever we're at. But he also is getting us ready for the future. Wow. Well, here, here's what we can do to close this out then. If you're comfortable praying one more time. Um, Absolutely. Just, you know, like talking about the here and now and the future kind of combined is there's going to be people listening to this right when it, we put it out there and there's going to be people listening to it for, you know, years to come, God willing, Lord willing. Right. I don't know what it looks like here now to pray and for anyone listening, but would you mind taking that on? And uh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The Lord's, the Lord's amazing. Holy Spirit's just boggles our minds. It does it. It's way beyond our, you know, comprehension, but it's amazing what the Lord will do. Yeah. Let me pray for folks who are watching this or listening. I plead the blood of Jesus and I command that only the Holy Spirit shall come close and prosper. I cut and break skepticism and doubt and unbelief that are besieging people because they have such a great call from you, Lord, on their lives. And the enemy's doing everything he can to talk them out of this, to try to get them to laugh this off or make fun of it, or to say this isn't for today. You know, whatever the enemy's trying to do to, to try to prevent people from partnering with you, Lord, in a deep heart level. Thank you, Lord, that you're giving people wisdom. And thank you, Lord, that fear and intimidation is not going to control their lives because of you. Mm. Jesus, thank you that you're releasing your peace. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. Give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither might it be afraid. Jesus, thank you that you're releasing your peace to the people you're hearing this or watching it. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to use them, their lives in amazing ways. And they're actually being inspired to go on an adventure with you where you get all the credit and all the glory. And Lord Jesus, teach us how to be genuinely humble, not fake humble, in order to look humble to other people, but genuinely humble mm. before you. And Lord, our big desire about hearing your voice is just to have fellowship and intimacy with you. Being able to be close to you and to be known as a, one of your friends. Lord, we don't want to just know about you, but we want to know you personally. 
Thank you, Lord, that you've made that possible because of what Jesus did on the cross. And so we receive Jesus by faith. We repent of our sins. We believe that you raised him from the dead, Lord. And we make the decision to follow you each and every day for the rest of our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on this with us. Oh, it's a privilege. Uh, it, it's been a privilege and a, a pleasure. I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for Kim. I can only speak for <laughs> me, but this was easy. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It was absolutely yeah. fun. We can do some more. Yay. Yes. <laughs> yes, that, definitely. Uh, this is season four for, for me, for Life Hurts, God Heals, and there's more to come. So absolutely, yeah, definitely. Um, would you, before we go, would you mind sharing again the, your contact information for sure. people? Campusthirst.org. And that's the website. And you can get to pretty much everything from there, but also on Instagram, Campus Thirst. You can get to, to my videos. And then on that website, there's a way for you to, there's an online class called Listening Prayer University, Experiencing Listening Prayer, where you can move into hearing from the Lord. And there's all kinds of activities and small group things that you can do. Uh, it's everything's free. So when, the, when I got in prayer that I, I was supposed to offer everything for free, it really got me excited because I said, well, I'll promote the doggone, I'll promote this all over the place then. Um, <laughs> you sound like because me. Because <laughs> yeah, I'd have felt so guilty if, I was, if, it, if it had been a paid thing. But, and it's nothing wrong with doing a paid thing if the Lord's led you to do that. But he was just leading me for it to be that way. And if I can connect in some way and help people move into intimacy and fellowship with the Lord. Uh, I'm not an expert, but I've uh, been some years learning how to not be an expert. <laughs> you don't ever want to get to be an expert. Oh my goodness. Lots of surprises with learning to hear from the Lord. Mm. Today was lo lots of surprises and my mother-in-law has not left my mind since we, since we brought it up. That's a surprise. So um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. She's somebody who's near and dear to my heart. She's, well, I, I just think the Lord just really wanted to bless her mm. and to, uh, she has so much to do for his kingdom. I just, I just saw that what the prayer that I prayed was to, to be a blessing for her. Mm. Thank you. That was great. Yeah. So, and this was a blessing to, to us. So yeah. once again, well, thank you. It's been a pleasure to have you. Okay. Well, God bless you all. You too. Yeah. We will okay. do this again. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Take care. Take care. Okay. Jesus is king. Yes. <laughs> so did you catch it? Did you catch the key to listening prayer? It's humility. That's really what it is. It takes humility. We talked about it all over the podcast. We have to humble ourselves before God and trust him over our own circumstances, our own experiences, and our own opinions. That's hard to do. But when we do, power is released in that kind of intimacy of surrender to him. I pray this week that you will humble yourself before God so that you can hear his voice and walk in his power, his peace, and his presence in every moment. 
Until next time, remember that you are God's beloved, so be loved.